You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Prepare for glory! I don't know if you got your popcorn ready. What's going on guys? It is Monday, November 12th and you guys are listening to another episode of the Fantasy Roundtable Podcast with your host Matt Bruning. I'm back at it again today and I am excited to give you guys what should be a fun and really just awesome podcast today. Uh, I've got a lot of information for you guys. Uh, So for today's podcast, we're going to go over the news, a couple injuries, signings, starters, stuff like that. Uh, We'll start off with that. Then we will jump into the uh, breakdowns or the recaps of the Sunday slate. Again, I'll do six games today, and then I'll have the rest of them out for you guys tomorrow. And then, of course, after that, I will give you guys my Monday night preview between the San Francisco 49ers and the New York Giants. (laughs) Listen up, everybody. I have some news. All right, for the news today, we're going to jump in and talk about some of the injuries that happened. Obviously, we'll get a little bit more into them during the game breakdowns, but wanted to touch on them here first. Cooper Cup is out the rest of the season with a torn ACL. That just sucks. Uh, As uh, another podcast calls him the White Angel of Death, this dude has been an awesome wide receiver. Uh, Love him. Love what he's done with this offense. Uh, But he will be out for the remainder of the year and possibly a lot of next year as well. So this usually is a 9-12 to month uh, recovery timetable for football players. So I would say at best you're going to see him be at least back with the team in August. Obviously, most games start up in September, so he's probably not going to play in most of the preseason, and you're looking at him probably missing at least the first or it's two first month or two of next season. So obviously sucks for Cooper Cup and anybody who owns him as he has just been awesome. The other injury, while not huge for fantasy, is uh, the cornerback for the Eagles, Ronald Darby. Tore his ACL as well Sunday night. Uh, That just sucks uh, for the Eagles defense in general. Uh, He is by far one of the best cornerbacks in the league. So that will kind of make that pass defense a little bit more susceptible. At least in my opinion. And give uh, the wide receivers going up against them better matchups. Some of the other news. uh, uh, The Bengals have fired their defensive coordinator uh, Austin 
sorry, Terrell Austin. Uh, he was fired due to the big loss against the Saints. Marvin Lewis is taking over defensive play calling duties. We'll see if that really does anything to improve them whatsoever. Uh, the Saints have signed Brandon Marshall to replace Des Bryant, who obviously tore his Achilles late last week. Uh, again, sucks for Des. Brandon Marshall would be in there. Interesting for me. Uh, I, I just like Des, in all honesty, if you've got an extra bench spot, uh, he might be a worthwhile flyer, as I do expect him to be kind of a really good red zone threat for the Saints, but I don't see him doing that much. Uh, and then last but not least, the, uh, Dirt Cutter for the Bucks has come out and announced that Ryan Fitzpatrick will remain the Buccaneers starter. Uh, so keep believing in the magic. It is going on. Fitz Magic will continue to start for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, and for me, that's pretty good news. Uh, again, as someone who's picked up Ryan Fitzpatrick, I'm sure a lot of people have. Uh, for whatever reason, this offense just seems to hum with him. So I continue to like all of the Buccaneers starters at wide receiver and running back throughout the season, especially with Fitzmagic there. Alright, with all that said, let's go ahead and jump into these recaps of a lot of great games that went down Sunday. Post-game show is brought to you by... Christ, I can't find it. The hell with it! Alright, for our first game that we are going to recap would be probably the best game of the NFL season and possibly, you know, the, the last 5-10 years. The Atlanta Falcons losing to the Cleveland Browns 28-16. For the Falcons, Matt Ryan, even though uh, the Falcons came up with a loss and he didn't have his great, uh, his best game of the season, he still played good, came through for you in fantasy. Got you 22 points with 330 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, I liked what Matt Ryan here thought did. I thought he'd have a bigger game uh, against this Cleveland secondary that has really struggled uh, so far this year. Now with that, with having Denzel Ward out as well in this game, I really thought that they would be able to have their way with them. Uh, they did not. The Browns defense just came through big time. Uh, they really did a good job. Bodie Calhoun, even though Julio scored and everything, I thought he did a really good job on Julio. Uh, for the running backs, surprisingly did not do anything here. Again, the Browns defense had been leaking like a sieve against the run, much like Atlanta's had. Uh, and yet they were able to do the same thing. They were really able to shore these guys up and keep them from doing anything. Tevin Coleman, just 44 yards on 11 carries. And then he added 19 yards in the receiving game to get you 7 points. While Ito Smith comes through with 4 points in fantasy, getting you 15 yards in the receiving game. And just 11 yards on 4 carries. For the wide receivers, as we just talked about, Julio comes through for you yet again. And guys, hang on. Uh, breaking news. Julio has scored two weeks in a row. I know. It's magic. Pure magic. No one can believe that it happened, but it actually happened. And not only did he put he score a touchdown, he put up over 100 yards yet again on seven receptions, 20 points in fantasy. Julio has looked great this year, uh, and hopefully this is just a sign of things to come for him getting a lot more touchdowns here in the last part of the season. Him hopefully getting his usual six or seven, unfortunately, which is still just crazy to me. Not to think that a wide receiver, his talent can only get anywhere from three to six touchdowns a year. Other than Julio, though, nobody really came through for you in fantasy at all. Mohamed Sanu, just 47 yards on six carries. Calvin Ridley, just three catches and 37 yards, five points in fantasy. Sanu coming through with a six. I really thought Calvin Ridley would have a much better game here. 
uh, and he just didn't. Uh, I'm not putting anything. Uh, I'm not really putting that on him. I think that was just the way the Browns' defense played him. They were actually able to pressure Matt Ryan quite often. Matt Ryan, uh, it shows, gets a lot of the the stats show that Calvin really gets a lot of his work when Matt Ryan isn't pressured. And Cleveland was actually bottom four in getting pressures against the quarterback the past four weeks. Uh, and so, all in, in all honesty, I thought that they would not be able to get to Matt Ryan the way they did, but they did. They pressured him. Calvin really one of the lower reads on Matt Ryan's totem pole, unfortunately. He was not able to get the ball. And much like we talked about on Friday's podcast as well, I thought Austin Hooper would have a really good day against this defense. He did 56 yards on 10 catches and a touchdown, getting you 16 points in fantasy. But now it's time to talk about the best team in the NFL. Not only did Cleveland have it going on, Baker Mayfield, the Bake Show, baby, Shake and Bake, had himself another great game, the future of Cleveland. Coming through with 22 points in fantasy, 216 yards in the air with three touchdowns, 20 yards rushing, just looked awesome. Going into a bye, I expect him to come out and look even better. But the best Brown on the day, Nicholas Chubb, was freaking awesome, guys. I mean, seriously, 176 yards on 20 carries. One touchdown had set the record for the longest rush in Cleveland Browns history, 92 yards to the house, 34 points in fantasy, just fucking ridiculous. I can't I can't even begin to explain how excited I was watching that play. Antonio Callaway's block on there, making sure that he didn't get a hold, waving his arms up and making sure the defender couldn't get to him. It was just freaking awesome, guys. I mean, I, oh my God, I, I'm still excited about it. Of course, my dumbass left him sitting on the bench, even though I told everybody else to start him on Friday's podcast. But it doesn't even matter because the Brownies won. The Brownies won and they looked awesome. On top of how good Nick Chubb looked, Duke Johnson yet again comes through for you in fantasy. We talked about it Friday, though I thought it would be more because of the game script and the Browns being behind against Atlanta, but they still use Duke a lot. I'm loving the way Freddie Kitchens is calling this offense. He got himself just 15 yards rushing, but that's okay because he put up 31 yards and a touchdown in the receiving game because that's exactly what Dukey does, 12 points in fantasy. And guys, I completely forgot, Nick Chubb scored a receiving touchdown with 33 yards. That's how good he was. I'm loving it. I'm loving the way this offense is looking. It's just been awesome. As for the wide receivers, nah, nah, nah not so much. Uh, so Antonio Callaway, who I thought might have a big day here, as I thought he'd be able to get by the, the secondary here, did not really do that. Uh, got four points in fantasy, which is 39 yards on two catches. He had 
the most yards out of everybody. Next up was Rashad Higgins with 28. Also got the touchdown. He came through the best for Browns wide receivers with nine points there. Again, and it was a great touchdown throw and catch there by him and Baker Mayfield. Again, Baker Mayfield getting rushed out of the pocket. Just throws it on a dime, and Higgins goes up and gets it. And then Jarvis Landry just disappoints yet again. 22 yards on two catches, just five targets, getting you a whopping three points in fantasy. And on top of the Landry sucking, so did David Njoku. Two points in fantasy, one catch for 18 yards, literally just one target. I don't know what's going on with those two. Um, So a lot of the talk has been... And it's been for years when a rookie quarterback comes in the league, they lean on their best wide receiver and their tight end because they have to trust who they're going to. And most of the time, those two players are either open or the offense designed around them. The difference here with Baker Mayfield is I think Baker has just been so good and this offense has been running so smoothly and Freddie Kitchens is running this offense around Baker and his talents that Baker's just hitting the open wide receiver on every play. And that hasn't been Landry and Njoku. And I think that's why that they're kind of limited in their targets and everything the past couple weeks. We'll see if that changes coming out of the bye week uh, in week 12. Uh, but definitely just a great game for all of these guys. It was so good to see the Brownies come home with the victory. The next game up, a huge surprising game for me, at least in fantasy, as the New Orleans Saints put a beat down on the Cincinnati Bengals 51 to 14. So for New Orleans here and Drew Brees. Drew Brees had himself a damn good game. 28 points in fantasy. Again, I I was not expecting this. I really thought that Cincinnati's defense would come to play here. Uh, and that not necessarily would give Drew Brees trouble, but that they would limit him to kind of right around his 15 to 20 mark where he's been most of the season and he just played an awesome game here, 265 in the air with three touchdowns. Uh, again, had a great day for fantasy, 28 points. For the running backs, Mark Ingram surprised me big time here. So 23 points in fantasy as he got 104 yards rushing, but in the receiving game is where he got most of his points as he came through with 58 yards and the touchdown. Uh, really surprising for me considering how often they go to Kamara in the receiving game for Ingram to get that kind of work. Uh, for Kamara, though, still the best back on fantasy, barely in the Saints' backfield in this game. As he gets you 24 points on 56 yards rushing, two touchdowns, and then he added 46 yards in the air on four catches. And, of course, the best wide receiver in the league, can't guard Mike on Twitter, had himself a day as well. 23 points in fantasy as he gets you eight catches, 70 yards, and two touchdowns. Michael Thomas, again, looking like a the beast that he was at the beginning of the season. We saw a little bit of a lull there for about three or four weeks, but just has been awesome the past couple, last week and this week specifically. I mean, the dude is one of the best, if not the best, wide receiver in the league. Really interested to see where he finishes up. As I did say earlier in the year, I thought that he might be uh, the best wide receiver and finish as the number one wide receiver on the year. And after week nine, I'm sorry, week 10, and all these guys right here in the top five have played, except obviously DeAndre Hopkins because he's on a bye. 
Michael Thomas sits four points behind Tyreek Hill, who is the number one wide receiver through 10 weeks. So might be pretty close to my prediction there that he would uh, he would be end up finishing as the number one wide receiver. And another one, just real quick, because I'm looking at it. I said Juju Smith-Schuster might, will finish as the number one wide receiver on the Pittsburgh Steelers. He's only 20. One points behind Antonio Brown, so definitely something to watch there. Now, Antonio Brown getting a lot of his points due to the touchdowns that are unfortunately not going to Juju Smith-Schuster, but I digress. Uh, back to New Orleans, Cincinnati. So again, Michael Thomas, though, again, one of the best, had an, had himself a great game. I would expect this this pace to continue throughout the rest of the year. For Cincinnati's side here, it was just a god-awful day. So Andy Dalton did not do at all what I expected. I, I did say that I thought he'd struggle in this game, but I did not expect it to be as bad as it was. 153 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions, Finishes with eight points in fantasy. They even played Jeff Driscoll, who outscored him with 45 points in the, or 45 yards in the air, adding 35 yards and a touchdown on the ground to get you 11 points. This Cincinnati team just got run over by the Saints defense. It looked bad everywhere. Joe Mixon struggled in this game, just nine points in fantasy, 61 yards on the ground, and then added. 24 yards in the receiving game. Had he scored, he would have come through for you like I thought that he would. Uh, But just a bad day all around. Better days to come for Cincinnati in this offense. But like I said, it was just a bad, bad day. For the wide receivers, the guy who led them in points was John Ross. A lot of that obviously due to the touchdown. He gets you 10 points in fantasy. Two catches, 39 yards, and a touchdown. Tyler Boyd still has a decent day here. Uh, Probably not quite what everybody was hoping and expecting, though, with eight points in fantasy on 65 yards on three catches. Next up, we have the Jaguars and the Colts. And guys, the best part about this game came from the Colts side, and I cannot wait to break down the Colts side to give you this little soundbite here. Alright, so for Jacksonville side though, Blake Bortles had himself a good game, 21 points in fantasy, and it seems like anytime Leonard Fournette is in the lineup, Blake Bortles comes through for you. Uh, 320 yards in the air, two touchdowns. Again, I think a lot of this having to do with how good Leonard Fournette was and looked being back in this game. Uh, I would trust Blake when Leonard's out there for whatever reason. I don't know if it's just because the dude's a beast running the ball. Teams are focusing in on him. Whatever it is, Blake Bortles plays much better with Fournette on the field. Uh, tw- again, if I didn't say 21 points in fantasy, I don't. It's just a great game for Blake Bortles. Leonard Fournette finally returned this week. So for all of you who've been holding on to him this whole time, hopefully you played him because uh, he came through with 25 points in fantasy in this one. 53 yards, one touchdown on the ground. And then he added another 56 yards on five catches and a touchdown in the receiving game. Just a great game for him. Only played about, I believe it was 60% of the snaps as well. So wasn't even out there the whole time. Didn't play the full game and yet still looked that good. Hopefully the hamstring is fine. Everything looks good and he'll be back next week for everybody who owns him. This was a really, really good sign. Uh, other than him, no, nobody else really did anything. TJ yelled in eight points in fantasy, 12, uh, 12 rushing yards and 51 receiving yards. Not a not a great day, but you expect that now with, with Leonard Fournette possibly being back for good. For the wide receivers, Dante Moncrief ran the show 
for the receivers here. Did not expect him to have the game that he did. Three catches, 98 yards, and a touchdown here get you 17 points in fantasy. While the guy I thought would end up getting a lot of the run here, D.D. Westbrook, five catches for 30 yards, gets you six points in fantasy. Got just short of the goal line. I believe he got tackled down on like the two, would have had the touchdown, which would have put him through for us in fantasy, and unfortunately that didn't happen. But now for the Colts side, and I mean, if you guys haven't seen this clip, I'm going to play the audio for you here real quick of Quentin Nelson just Bobby Boucher-ing the shit out of Barry Church. And just I want to say right now that Quentin Nelson, you can calm yourself, bro. That guy's got kids. He's got a wife. What you did to him was uncalled for, unnecessary, and fucking awesome. I, I said a prayer for Barry Church that day. Yesterday, I'm not even kidding you because it was just just incredible. Tell you, if you haven't seen the clip, go to get on Twitter and look for Indianapolis Colts. They posted it. I really don't know if I can play the audio, so I'm not going to just because I don't want to get myself in any kind of trouble. But I'm not even kidding you. If you've seen Waterboy, just imagine Bobby Boucher doing his and running and taking somebody out. I mean, Quentin Nelson just gives a pure guttural rage scream as he goes out on a block and, I mean, just completely, completely destroys Barry Church. I swear to you, I said a prayer for him, for his kids, for his future grandkids because they all felt that hit. It was that awesome. Anyways, back to the fantasy part of it now that that my little man crush on Quentin Nelson is over with. Andrew Luck comes through for you yet again in fantasy, 22 points, 285 in the air with three touchdowns, one interception. Uh, Just an awesome job for him. Uh, For the running backs here, surprisingly, Jordan Wilkins, who, again, my guy, love the kid, been talking about him all year long. I think he's much better than Marlon Mack. Got himself one big run for 53 yards, five points in fantasy, but Marlon Mack did have the better day fantasy-wise. Uh, getting you six points in fantasies. He had 29 yards on 12 carries, a putrid 2.4 yards per carry, but gets you the nine yards in receiving. So he had that going for him on two catches. Regardless, he you know comes through and le- doesn't come through for you in fantasy, but has the best day running back wise. There's only really one great player here that came through for you in fantasy at the tight end position. We'll get to him in a minute. Uh, But T.Y. Hilton, their best wide receiver, obviously. uh, Just nine points in fantasy this week. 77 yards on three catches. Would have been nice for him to get one of those touchdowns. And then Dontrell Inman, who I guess is still a thing at the moment. Six points on 41 yards and four catches. But to the all-star, the MVP of the week, Eric Ebron. 26 points in fantasy as he finished with 69 yards on three catches and two touchdowns in the receiving game and then a two-yard rush for a touchdown. It's ridiculous what Ebron has been doing and just to throw this out there really quick on Ebron, if, if I were you, I honestly would sell him. I don't see this continuing. I know that he's scoring at a phenomenal rate. I just can't see that continuing to happen because Jack Doyle out-snapped him and got more targets than him yet again. I mean, r- realistically here, so Eric Ebron got just the three targets, which technically is all that uh, that Jack, Jack Doyle got as well, but Andrew Luck was looking more to him. It's just... 
I don't know if I can trust Eric Ebron with Jack Doyle being back. Obviously, if he scores every week, he's going to come through for you, especially as putrid as the tight end position is. But I would seriously be worried about Eric Ebron if you own him. And then, of course, Mo Alley-Cox yet again comes through for you. Uh, hopefully, you guys are not forced to start him. But if you did, he came through for you with 28 yards and a touchdown, getting you 9 points in fantasy. The next game we've got is the Detroit Lions losing to the Chicago Bears 22-34. to Matt Stafford, guys, I've got to take the L on this one, and I'll, I'll do the take the L dance and everything for Fortnite because I really thought this guy was going to be a top 12 quarterback, not just this week, but all season long. He's finishing the top 12 once. I don't know what's going on with him. I don't know if it's the offensive line, although they've looked better. I thought protecting... Uh, and, and, and letting the running backs get yards in the rushing game, this team has looked really good, a lot better than they have in the past. But for whatever reason, Matt Stafford has just not gotten it going this year. Uh, and he struggled yet again in this game with just getting 17 points in fantasy, 274 in the air with two touchdowns and two interceptions. Uh, this might definitely be something to watch. Uh, I'm going to try and look a little bit more into some of the stats and everything going on with them later on this week before I do my rankings. Uh, but I'm honestly a little bit worried about Matt Stafford now at this point. Carry uh, on Johnson comes through for you. Hopefully you didn't listen to me in sitting him uh, and talks about how the uh, Chicago Bears defense and not giving up a rushing touchdown. I believe it was in like six weeks prior to this. Uh, he gets you 51 yards on the ground on 14 carries and a touchdown and then adds another 38 yards in the receiving game and a touchdown getting you 22 points in fantasy and that's great to see uh, again I, I love carry on Johnson loved him coming out of the draft had him in my top six of the running backs coming out uh, and I do think he's taking full hold of this backfield Theo Riddick 60 yards on six catches getting you nine points in fantasy uh, not that surprising to me I, I would love to see what uh, what on Johnson could look like in this backfield if he was just the only guy. If it was all him, I would be thrilled to see what would happen because I think he could easily be a top 12 back. For the wide receivers, so Kenny Galladay has himself a game finally after three bad weeks, 78 yards on six catches and a touchdown, gets you 15 points in fantasy, and just thank you, Jesus. Dear Lord, baby Jesus. Or as our brothers to the south call you, Jesus, we thank you. I just want to take time to say thank you. Again, just just an awesome game for Kenny Galladay. Glad to see him back and, and being what I feel is he should be the number one in this offense. Great to see him kind of return to that form at least for one week against a very good Chicago defense. Uh, Marvin Jones here come, does a decent job. I wouldn't say comes through for you in fantasy, but does get you seven points as he gets you 55 yards on three catches for the Chicago Bears. So, Mitchell Palooza does it yet again. Uh, I can't just I can't understate how good this guy has been, or overstate, I'm sorry, how good this guy has been this year. 36 points in fantasy yesterday. It's just ridiculous, and a lot of it coming from how much he's done in the rushing game. So, 355 yards in the air with three touchdowns, and again, adds 18 yards and a touchdown on the ground. Has just been awesome. I really like the way that they've incorporated the run into his game. Uh, and, and Chicago, I think they're going to be good all year long. They've got a really good defense, and this team is vying to win the division. You can trust. In Mitch, we trust. You know, praise Jesus and Mitch, we trust he's going to be good the rest of the year. 
For the running backs, Tariq Cohen has the best day here with 13 points in fantasy as he gets you 15 yards on the ground with a touchdown as well as 29 yards on six catches in the receiving game. So, again, outplays Jordan Howard. Uh, Jordan Howard is, has been scaring me for weeks now. I really think that he's only going to come through for you if they're ahead in games, which unfortunately, uh, and when they're trying to grind it out, even though it didn't really work out for them in this game, just 21 yards on 11 carries, getting you three points in fantasy. And A-Rob is back, uh, showing off his... Uh, Old Blake Bortle, Jacksonville ways with 28 points in fantasy. Huge day for him, 133 yards and two touchdowns on six catches. Just looked awesome. Um, obviously, don't expect that from him every week, uh, but good to see him getting back, getting healthy. I would imagine he's going to jump right back up into that top end wide receiver to range. Anthony Miller has a huge day. For you guys in fantasy as well with 20 points, 5 catches on 122 yards, and then, guys, that was really it. I mean, nobody else did anything for them, but they didn't need to. They they had the lead for most of this game, at least for the wide receivers. And, of course, Trey Burton, 4 catches on 40 yards. Next up, we had a game that uh, was a lot better than I thought it was going to be in the Arizona Cardinals losing to the Kansas City Chiefs 14-26. So Josh Rosen here had a, a putrid day for fantasy, but I thought actually played fairly well in the game. Just 10 points in fantasy, but 208 with 208 yards, one touchdown, and two interceptions. But more importantly... For the Arizona Cardinals, Byron Leftwich, their new offensive coordinator, took over last week, has gotten David Johnson involved, and he is back. David Johnson has struck back with a vengeance. It was great to see him fantasy relevant again in a big way. 38 points for fantasy, 98 yards on 21 carries with a touchdown, adding 85 yards and a touchdown in the receiving game on 7 catches. Again, David Johnson back at least for this week. I, I don't know if I can trust it for week 11, guys, but he is at least back for this week. And it was awesome to see. Uh, Should have traded for him in a league. I could have, and I didn't, and I'm regretting it now in a big, big way. Wide receivers, really the only guy to do anything for you in fantasy was Mr. Larry Fitzgerald. L. Fitz, Larry the Legend. Eight points in fantasy as he gets you 50 yards on six catches. For the Kansas City Chiefs, I mean, I just, I don't even know what to do anymore, guys, with Patrick Mahomes. Like, I, I'm... It almost is bad to say that I'm kind of getting sick of how good that he is. Uh, but 20 points in fantasy yet again. 249 yards in the air with two touchdowns. 21 yards on the ground. Again, Grover Mahomes here. Again, if you don't know who Grover is, look him up. He's a Muppet. They both sound exactly like I'm I'm convinced now they are the same person. Um uh, but just awesome. Great for Patrick Mahomes. Again, if you guys got him, chances are you got him in like the 12th, 13th round of your drafts. Just good on you and enjoy the win this year because he's definitely going to at least lead you to the fantasy playoffs, if not uh, to a fantasy championship. Kareem Hunt has a good day here as well. And uh, while a touchdown would have definitely made the day for you, still get 71 yards on the ground, 25 yards in the air, get you 10 points in fantasy. I mean, you cannot ask much for that. Most running backs, that's a great day for them. So for that really to be his floor, I, in my opinion, was a good day. And, of course, Ty Freak coming through for you 
in fantasy yet again. The Cheetah, a couple down weeks, around 10, 12 points. 29 points this week, 117 yards, two touchdowns on seven catches. By far their best offensive weapon this week. Travis Kelsey, I think, struggled a little bit just due to Tyree Kill and the way that he was putting up points. And the fact that Arizona's defense was getting to Patrick Mahomes early and often just gets you six points in fantasy on 46 yards and six catches. Then the last game that we are going to break down today just was possibly the biggest surprise this weekend as the New England Patriots go down to the Tennessee Titans 10-34. to uh, just a, a very a, a shocking to me. I mean, we talked about on Friday's podcast, I thought that the Titans had a better chance to win than most people were giving them credit for, and I thought that it was going to be a close game, but I did think New England was going to pull it off by a field goal, and it wasn't even that close. So Tom Brady struggles for you in fantasy. Just 10 points to this week, and I, I, it's been kind of going that way, guys. I hate to say it. I, I, I'm starting to think there's maybe a little bit of Geritol in Tom Brady's system here. I'm seeing some great Gray hairs. I'm, I'm really starting to worry. I think Tom Brady, this is it. And I know I, I'm going to say this this week, and then he's going to go on like a huge fucking run of 400 yards every week and three touchdowns and prove me wrong. Uh, but Brady has looked more human than ever this this year. Uh, and I talked about it at the beginning of this year and at the end of last year, I thought this would be it for Tom. And in my opinion, it's really, really looking that way. So, anyways. Third week in a row, too, that he's only thrown for one or zero touchdowns. Again, zero touchdowns in this game, 254 yards. Again, like I said, I think I think this is something really to watch here with Tom Brady. For the running back, so James Devlin is the one who comes through you or comes through the best in fantasy just because it gets you the one yard touchdown. James White has a bad day here, just five points in fantasy. Does absolutely nothing in the rushing game with negative five yards on one carry and just 31 yards on five catches. And then same with Sony Michelle. First game back, does nothing here again. 31 yards on 11 carries, getting you three points in fantasy. Almost had a touchdown again, then was came in and was vultured by Devlin, so could have had a better day. But that's, again, something you have to watch out for with these New England Patriots running, running backs because that is what Bill Belichick loves to do unfortunately for the wide receivers so julian edelman and josh gordon both have decent days for you uh julian edelman yet again over 100 yards on nine catches getting you 15 points in fantasy and then josh gordon 10 points in fantasy with 81 yards on four catches i'm loving the way that they are using josh they kept talking about it saying they were going to get him more involved and they've definitely done it gordon could be a league winner throughout the end of the season for the Titan side here, so Marcus Mariota for the second week in a row has himself a huge game. Again, we talked about it last week and breaking down this team. Everybody talking about how Marcus Mariota looked healthier, he looked better, uh, looked like he was ready to go coming out of that bye. 228 yards in the air with two touchdowns and then added 21, 21 yards on the ground, 19 points in fantasy. He's just he's looked good, guys. Uh, I'm really starting to think that this is the Marcus Mariota we were all hoping for at the beginning of the season. Looks like he's back and ready to go. I do think a lot of that has to do with how good 
Deion Lewis has been in the backfield, though. Derrick Henry is the one who comes through for you in fantasy with 17 points because he gets you the two touchdowns, 58 yards. Deion Lewis out-snapped him, out-carried him, uh, but only got you the 57 yards on 20 carries. And then added just 11 yards on two catches in the receiving game, getting you seven points. Again, I talked about that Friday. As much as I like Deion Lewis in this game, I did think that Bill Belichick would take him away. Though I did say start him, so I got to say sorry on that, guys. Because seven points in fantasy is not at all what you want from a guy who should have put up a lot more, especially with the workload he got. Uh, But I do think some of that was Bill Belichick trying to take him out of the game, especially being an old player of his And how about Corey Davis, guys? 22 points in fantasy. Had himself a day, and I'm really hoping that this is the Corey Davis we're going to get the rest of the year. Now that uh, now that Marcus is back and healthy, uh, I really do think that Corey Davis can do not necessarily over 100 yards in the touchdown every week, but something good. The way he attacked the ball in the air and some of the catches he had were just awesome. 125 yards on seven catches and a touchdown. Just looked really good. And then, of course, Jonu Smith, the tight end coming through for you as well with a touchdown and 45 yards here. Uh, and and really good to see with Delaney Walker. Obviously, being, I wish it wouldn't have taken him until Week 10 to show up, but still looked good, 11 points in fantasy. And if I didn't mention, Corey Davis came through with 22 points in fantasy, and then they were really it for these uh, for the receiving options here in Tennessee. But again, it will be something really interesting to watch next week to see if they continue this kind of offensive onslaught they've showed the past two weeks since coming out of their bye against the Dallas Cowboys and the New England Patriots. So that will be it for the recaps of today. Again, I will recap the rest of the games tomorrow on Tuesday's podcast as we also will break down the Monday night football game. And speaking of the Monday night football game, We will now do the preview of that as we have the San Francisco 49ers and the New York Giants. San Francisco being given the 56% chance to win it, and they are three-point favorites. New York side of this. So I'm really torn on how I think New York side is going to go here. They're playing, obviously, in San Francisco. Should be decent weather for the game here. Uh, Two teams that are really kind of struggling this year, though I think a lot of San Francisco struggles are due. Go back to the Jimmy G injury. I think this offense would be much better. They would have won more games than two. Uh, with Jimmy G there at least we think we haven't really seen a full season of Jimmy G yet so we don't know Uh, but I do expect Eli Manning to have a decent game here not anything super uh, not anything great like he has a couple of the past weeks thrown for like 300 yards and multiple touchdowns I expect him to be right around 252 60 and two touchdowns Uh, so a decent day in fantasy but nothing great for the wide receivers here, or actually, I'm going to start with running back. Saquon, I expect him to have a huge game again. Averaging nine yards a catch, not doing much in the rushing games, but when you're not nine yards because he's averaging nine catches a game, guys. Like, that's great for most wide receivers, and he's a running back. So I expect him to come through for you just based on that. He isn't doing much in the rushing game, and I think a lot of that is due to how bad this offensive line is. But he'll come through just because he's going to get you a shit ton of catches and a lot of yards. For the wide receivers... Odell worries me a little bit. Um, He's likely going to get matched up with Richard Sherman quite often in this game. And though uh, I don't think Richard Sherman is quite what he was before, and I would take Odell most of the time in those matchups, I do think Richard Sherman is still good enough to make a play or two 
to kind of stop Odell. I don't think he scores, but I do think he gets you 80 or 90 yards. Uh, obviously, if he scores, he's going to put you over the top. Uh, but I am a little worried about Odell tonight because I think Sterling Shepard and Evan Ingram have the much better matchups. Especially with uh, Jaquiski Tart being out, I really think that Evan Ingram could have himself a huge game here. Really like his uh, who he's going to have to match up against with again with Tart in. Tart's been one of the better. Uh, safeties in the league and when he's been matched up against tight ends he's kind of shut them down but he will be out with a shoulder injury so I'm really liking Evan Ingram uh, and I do like Sterling Shepard being in the slot as well going up against guys like Greg Maben and Travius Moore or Tarvius Moore I'm sorry uh, I just don't I I think he's gonna have a good game I can't tell you exactly why but I do think he's got a better matchup uh, just based on the stats here and everything I expect him to go over 60 yards and probably be the one who scores here over Odell, so I'm liking those guys. As for the 49ers, I don't think Nick Mullins has quite the game he did on Thursday night, uh, but I do like Mullins tonight. I expect him to get you about 240 yards, 252 touchdowns. For the running backs, I don't expect Matt Breida to have a huge game here. Uh, obviously, it's going to be an interesting split between him and Alfred Morris. Uh, you know, if I had to pick one or the other, I'm obviously taking Matt Breida, but I don't expect either one of them uh, to go off or do any much of anything really in this game. I expect Matt Breida probably to have around 50 yards rushing. Don't expect him to score. And Alfred Morris, I, I don't even know what to think with Alf anymore. Uh, for the wide receivers, uh, I think Marquise Goodwin, he's an upside play for me this week. Uh, obviously, as I've talked about with some of the other guys kind of in his speed category, it only takes one play to win you your week. Uh, and I do think that he could get that. I think that the Giants secondary is obviously beatable. But if I had to lean one guy, I'd probably go Kendrick Bourne supremacy. Uh, like the Bourne, like Mr. Bourne here, I expect him to do all kinds of things on this defense against this defense, uh, just like Jason Bourne would. Uh, they are brothers from another mother, if you guys did not know that. So he's got that kind of great skill in him, all kidding aside. I, I do like Kendrick Bourne, Bourne Alive today. Uh, Born Supremacy, Born. What's the other Born movie, guys? I, I can't even think of it. I haven't even watched all of them, but I know that they're really good. I like Kendrick Bourne today, and then obviously George Kittle. You got him. You're playing him. An elite and of elite tight ends. Though I don't expect him to have a huge game, I do expect him to score, probably get you 40 or maybe 50 yards if he has himself a really good game. Uh, and I actually have the San Francisco 49ers. Unfortunately for their fans winning this game, as I'm sure they would much prefer to lose to get that better draft pick, but I do have them winning. So that will do it for today's episode of the Fantasy Roundtable Podcast. Again, with your host, Matt Bruning, you can find me at SportsFanaticMB on Twitter. I hope if you guys have any games in the balance tonight for your fantasy players, they come through for you, get you that win. Again, we're already almost done with Week 10, and we're going to be going into Week 11. It's just so it's so disappointing to think that we're about to enter the playoffs and then be done with fantasy football altogether. That's why if you're in a dynasty league, at least you have that to look forward to as the offseason leads to all kinds of trades and looking at prospects. And if you guys want to look at prospects, please Check out my articles on QBList.com. I have my top five quarterbacks up and my top ten running backs. My top ten wide receivers will be out this Saturday. In uh, It will coincide with the games. Again, uh, just check them out if you guys are interested in trying to get any kind of leg up 
on your dynasty mates. You can hit me up again at SportsFanaticMB on Twitter if you want to hear hear about anybody else, anybody you want me to break down, or you just want to discuss my rankings. You have somebody different. I love to talk about it. Again, I had a nice little chat with two of the best in the industry, and Andrew Harbaugh and Benjamin Albright, this past Saturday on the quarterbacks in this class, uh, and I just love doing it. I love, I'll love. i be just re- as respectful to you as hopefully you will be to me because uh, I will 100% admit I'm not always right, and I'm probably going to be wrong about some of these guys in this class, uh, but I'd love to hear other people's opinions on players to see what I'm not See maybe something I'm missing or I'm not seeing on a player. So, again, you always hit me up there. Love to talk about college prospects or NFL players in general. But until tomorrow, guys, have yourselves a great night. Enjoy the Monday Night Football game. Let's all hope that it'll be a good one, and I'll talk to you guys again tomorrow. Peace. Prepare for glory. I don't know if you got your popcorn ready. If you got your popcorn ready. I came out the wall line already. It is in the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown. I would be honored if you played football for this team. Throw it up above his head. They can't jump with me. Golly. Only they tackle him at the point line. Who can make a play? I can. Who can make a play? I can. <laughs>